Let's do it like that. All right. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but your word will never pass away. Therefore, God, we trust in the word of the living God. I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to articulate, Father, the things that you want your people to hear. I thank you for magnifying your word. I thank you that it is already anointed. I thank you, Father, that the word is going to go in and it's going to transform our lives. It's going to change our hearts and it's going to renew our thinking. And I thank you for hearing every heart and every prayer that lines up with your word and your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, and you may be seated, or you can lay down at home as long as you don't go to sleep. Now, we're still in our overall series entitled The Power of Choice. Say The Power of Choice. And uh, I want to encourage most of you to go back and listen to lesson one and two in this series because decision time is coming. Trust me, one of our members have been working for a company for 20 years and they're being offered some type of package to have to leave. So they're in the midst of a decision. So go back and listen to to CD or go watch lesson one and two because listen, every decision that we make should bring glory to God and advance his kingdom and bless our lives. I'm going to say that again. Every decision that we make should bring glory to God. It should advance his kingdom and it should be a blessing to our lives. And so last week I did a seasonal message called choosing to give thanks. And one of the things that I gave you to do as application, which I try to do with every message. I don't know if you all pay attention, but at the end of every message, I try to give you some steps to, to implement the word in your life. And so last week, what I, what I asked you to do was get your phone and set it for some times throughout the day where you can yada God. Now, I said mine, one of my setting times was 8 o'clock in the morning. So while I was previewing my lesson this morning, my 8 o'clock alarm went off. And you know what I did? I began to yada. Amen. Because if you don't put into practice what you hear, you will forget it. Amen. So go and set your phones and then I want you to continue to give thanks, but I want you to take your giving thanks from the realm of what God has done into the faith realm to what you want God to do. In other words, giving thanks is bigger than just looking back at what God did. Giving thanks by faith is always giving thanks for what you want to see God do. See, that's faith on credit. See, it's easy to give thanks after somebody did it. Somebody bless you with some money. You say, thank you. But man, it's faith when you can start giving God thanks for something he has not done yet. 
Amen. So, if you're taking notes today, our message title is Choose to Hope. Choose to Hope. And I know for so many people, including myself, uh, the year 2020 has been a blessing in some ways. But the year 2020 has always has also included some tremendous challenges. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. It's been some challenges in this year. And if we're not careful as believers, if we're not watchful over our hearts, we in an environment like this will get what I call battle fatigue. You say, well, Pastor, what's battle fatigue? Battle fatigue is when you get tired because of the consistent battles you are facing And then what happens is you start getting weary and you start losing hope. And this is how you know that you're losing hope because you begin to be negative. Now just look at somebody next to you in the house and just look at him and say, I know he ain't talking to me right now. Listen, the enemy's job is to try to wear us down so that we can stop having faith. So the goal to our our lesson today is to show you how important hope is. And I'm going to show you the difference between hope and faith because you need them both. I'm going to show you how important hope is. And then I'm hopefully going to position you to get in hope and to stay in hope. So if you're taking notes, how do we define hope? Now, the New Testament defines hope as an expectation, listen, for good or ill. In other words... It's expecting good or bad. It's it's expecting the best or the worst. And so what I want to do, I don't want to focus on hope for the worst. I want to look at hope for the best. So I have three points for you today, and I want you to really pay attention. And so if you're taking notes, here's point number one, and that is this. Hope is unleashed when a promise is released. I'm going to say that again. Hope expectation for the best is unleashed when a promise is released everybody say hope is unleashed when a promise is released come on let's say it again say hope is unleashed when a promise is released in other words hope starts when the when a promise is given so let me give you a natural example of this and then i'm going to give you a, a, a biblical example let's say Uh, on your job they came to you and they said listen if you will pass this particular test or if you will pass this new certification level then your pay after you pass it is going to go up an extra one thousand dollars a week now my question to you is what happens or what would you be expecting after you pass that test how many would expect that thousand? If they told you they were going to give you a thousand and they said all you had to do was pass the test or the next certification level and you would get that, that thousand, then right after you pass that test, you would be looking for the thousand. Well, here's my question. What created hope for that extra thousand dollars? The promise that they made you. Well, let's look at this now from a biblical standpoint. We're looking at Romans chapter 4 verse 16 in the New Living Translation. We're going to focus on Abraham today because he was what we call the father of faith. It says now in the New Living Translation, So the promise is received by what? 
faith. Everybody say the promise is received by faith. Now let me just let me just kind of clear this up so you can know the difference between faith and the promise or faith and hope. Hope is what you want. Faith is the process it takes to get there. I'm going to break it down again. Hope, remember now, hope is unleashed when a promise is what? Released. So hope is what you want. Hope is what you expect. Hope is what you desire. That's what hope is. But faith is the process that it takes to get it. For example, let's take the the example I gave earlier, the $1,000, right? Well, Hope would be the desire or the expectation for the thousand dollars. But faith would be to study for the test so you can get the thousand. Remember, faith without works is dead. So faith has actions to it. Hope is the desire. Faith is the process. Are you all with me so far? All right. So what I want to do is finish reading Romans 4, 16. It says, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. Watch verse 17. Here we go. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him. This sounds like a promise now. Listen to what God is saying. God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Notice now. God's promise to Abraham was in a finished form. He didn't say, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He says, I've already made you the father of many nations. So when God makes a promise to us, it's already done in his mind. So you have to understand, he's alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. So when he makes a promise at the beginning, he already sees the end result of that promise at the end. Our problem is we got to work ourselves through the process to see what he already sees. So verse 18 says, even when there was reason for hope, no hope, no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. I'm going to read that again. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Now listen, the only reason Abraham was able to hope against hope was because he chose to believe the promise that God gave him. And that's how you and I stay in hope. We stay in hope by clinging to the promises that God has made us through his word and by his spirit. So listen, here's the question. How was Abraham able to still have hope? And how, because it, it, listen, he was 90 years old and had not had his son that God promised. How was Abraham able to still have hope for something? In, a, in an impossible looking situation, especially in the natural. And then how was he able to maintain his hope for such a long period of time? I'm going to show you how to stay in hope today. See what Abraham, when God gave Abraham a promise, it took almost 20 to 25 years for that promise to come to pass. So how was he able to stay in hope? How did he do it? Well, that's point number two if you're taking notes. And it's this, write it down. Our hope must be in the promise giver, not just in the promise itself. I'm going to say that again. Our hope must be in the promise giver 
and not just in the promise itself. In other words, Abraham's relationship with God, who is the promise giver, is what gave him the stamina to help him maintain his hope. See, Abraham received the promise from God. But one thing that Abraham did, he just didn't have hope in the promise. He gave hope, he gave his hope to the promise giver. And see, it's our relationship with the promise giver that gives us the hope and confidence that we need that things are going to turn around and get better. And this is where now you got to know God. Amen. Galatians chapter 3 verse 6 says this. Even as Abraham, watch this now church, he did what? He believed who? Man, it's hard to believe the promise of God if you can't believe God. It says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham was able to maintain his hope because his hope was in the God of the promise. And I feel a sensing, and maybe I'll do it next week. There are so many saints who have been disappointed in what God did not do that it's very difficult for them to have hope and stand in faith for what they want God to do in the future because they have been disappointed with God. They are afraid, or in some cases, they're now mad at God because of what he didn't do. But sometimes, if you're not at the Alpha and the Omega, if you're not at the beginning and the end, you don't know what it's supposed to look like when you finish. And sometimes when something is done and it didn't come out the way we thought it needed to come out, we lose hope and faith in God when had it came out the way we wanted to, listen, we'd have got destroyed in the process. I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't know if you're in the room or watching through the lens, but there was a job that you did not get. Man, your heart was set on that job. It paid a whole lot more than what you got. And if it haven't happened, you watch and see it's going to happen. That job is going to get eliminated from this whole pandemic. Had you took it, you wouldn't have one. James 2.23 says, And the scripture was fulfilled which said, watch this, Abraham believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness. Watch the rest of it. He was called the friend of God. Listen, the reason why Abraham was able to maintain hope in such a long period of time is because he got to know the God of the promise. He became friends with God. Abraham had a relationship with God. And it was his relationship with God that helped him maintain his hope in the promise. See, he had already tested God. He had already proved God. He had already walked with God. So he knew the God of the promise. And he knew that if this God of the promise made a promise, the promise came from that God who cannot lie. See, he already had trusted God for direction. God told him, leave your father's house and your mother, leave your family and go to a place I'm going to show you and I'm going to bless him. So you know what? Abraham learned direction from this God because he obeyed God. And the very thing God said he was going to do, God did it. He knew God was a God of provision. He says, Abraham, when you leave your father and your mother, I'm going to make your name great. Well, the scripture says that Abraham had lots of cattle and lots of herds. Why? Because he knew that the God of more than enough, he had already tested him. 
And sometimes when you need some hope, you have to you have to go back through your Rolodex of testimonies. You have to go through the Rolodex of situations from your past and see how God has brought you out. Because all the devil wants to do is show you where you are right now. He don't want you to go back into your file system and start seeing what God has done. Why? Because when you begin to see what God has done, you know what's going to happen? Praise is going to come out of your mouth. Abraham had a relationship with God. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 says this. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because, watch this now, he could swear by no greater, God swore by himself. The NIV version of that verse says in Hebrews 6 13, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. God said, you know what? I I need to promise you I'm going to do something. Let me see who I can make a promise to. Oh, there's nobody I I know that can hold a promise down like me. So I'm going to swear by myself that I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do for you. See, some of us, we're listening to people. We've been let down because they promised us that they would do something. They didn't do it. But see, the problem is your trust was in somebody who can't keep a promise instead of being trusted to a God who can keep a promise. Listen, it's easier. This is a good take-home thought. It's easier to have hope and a promise when you know the person who made the promise. Woo, that's so good right there. Listen, it is easier to have hope and a promise when you know the person who made the promise. We must put our hope in God and not just in what we want. Let me give you a newsflash word of truth. Our hope is not just in the promise. Our hope needs to ultimately be in the God of the promise. I'm going to read several verses and then I'm going to testify. Psalm 31, 24 says this. Be of good courage and he, God, shall strengthen your heart. Watch this. All you that hope in who? Come on, class. Hope in who? Who should my hope be in? My hope should not be in my job. It should not be. In my boss, it should not be in the world system. My hope should be in God. Psalm uh, 38, 15 out of the New King James Version says this. For in you, O Lord, watch this what it says. I hope. The psalmist says, Lord, in you I hope. Psalm 39, 7 says. And now, Lord, what I wait for, my hope is in you. I love the New Living Translation. It says it this way. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Micah 7, 7 says this. As for me, I look to the Lord for help. I wait confidently for God to save me. Listen, it says, look to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from God. And sometimes we put our hope in systems, in things in people. The Bible says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but I'm going to believe in the Lord my God. Listen, church, if you want your hope to stay alive, your hope has to be not just in the promise, but it's got to be in the promise keeper. And all you got to do, and I'm going to show you here at the end, how to cultivate a heart of hope 
especially when it's taken a long time. Isaiah 40, 31 says this, but they that wait upon who? The Lord. You're not listening. This is the problem. Most believers, we're waiting on the promise to take place and we're chasing the promise around. This is what we look like. Where's the promise? So we, we, we're looking for the promise. We're chasing the promise down. But we shouldn't be chasing the promise down. We should be chasing the promise keeper down. Why? Because wherever the promise keeper is, he's got the promise. Wherever the promise keeper is, is where the promise is. So listen, I don't need to be chasing a promise. I don't need to be chasing a husband. Hello, somebody. I don't need, this is for maybe those who through the lens. I don't need to be chasing a wife. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? I'm not chasing a wife. I'm ch-. No, 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 no. See, you have to understand. The Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. That means, ladies, you have to be a wife before you get a ring. Uh, oh, y'all, did y'all get that? He said a man that finds a wife. So that means I ought to already be acting like a wife before I find a husband. Because when he finds me, he's not trying to find a girlfriend. He's looking for a wife. That was free for somebody through the lens. Praise the Lord. Notice what it says. But they that wait upon the Lord, watch what's going to happen. They shall renew their wings, renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run, not be weary, and they shall walk and not be faint. Here's something I'm about to lay on to you. This is heavy. Waiting on God should make me stronger, not weaker. Oh, this is so good, church. Listen, he said those that wait upon the Lord, they're the ones that's going to renew their strength. So if I'm getting tired, if I'm getting weary, if I'm getting weak, I'm not waiting on God. I'm waiting on something else. Because waiting on God should make me stronger and not weaker. So here's the question. How do I wait on God and get stronger? How do you and I maintain our hope until our change comes? Here's point number three as I get ready to close here. Give God. This is why you're waiting in hope. You're going to give God glory until he gives you a story. I'm going to say that again. See, while you're waiting for your change to come, while you, watch this, while you're waiting and having hope in the promise giver, because if you follow him around long enough, he will drop the promise when you need it. See, the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you don't faint. He says, in other words, if you just maintain consistency, he says that that promise is going to come. So what do you do in the process? You give God glory until he gives you a story. Romans chapter 4 verse 19. Watch what it says. And be not weak in faith. Abraham considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But Abraham. Watch this now church. He staggered not. It didn't say he staggered a lot. He st- Have you ever been drunk? And you staggered. Anybody? 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 No? Okay, we got one hand out of this whole church, two. I didn't say, did you get drunk last night? I said, have you ever staggered before? Okay. I mean, when you were, when you were really lit, you will stagger, right? 
where it says that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But Abraham was, watch this. Oh, this is so good, church. He was strong in faith. Why? He was giving glory to God. So my, what's my point? What do we do to maintain hope until we see God delivers the promise? Well, we give God glory until he gives us a story. Well, we see here the Bible says that Abraham gave glory. The reason why he was not, he was able to not stagger at the promise because he was giving God glory. Now, what does that word glory means? It means praise and worship. So watch this now. While Abraham was waiting on the promise to manifest, while he was waiting on the promise keeper, he was giving God some praise and some worship. The living Bible of Romans chapter 4 verse 20 says this. But Abraham never doubted. He believed God for his faith and trust grew ever, ever stronger. Watch this. And he, Abraham, praised God for this blessing even before it happened. Now that's faith. That's hope. That's say, you know what Abraham did? He didn't sit around twiddling his fingers trying to see when God was going to do it. Well, God, when are you going to give me my new car? You said you was going to bless me with a new car. So you're just sitting around counting the days down. Well, it's been 30 days since I asked God. No, that ain't what Abraham did. The Bible says he gave glory to who? God. So 20 years of waiting on the promise, he didn't sit around complaining those 20 years. You know what he did? He gave glory to God. So what does praising God and worshiping God does for us? What does it do? Well, it cultivates us in an attitude of persuasiveness. In other words, when you and I give praise and worship, you know what it does? It cultivates our hearts to be persuaded that God can do it. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what do you mean by that? Watch this now. I'm reading again, Romans chapter 4, verse 20. This time I'm, I'm going to read a verse that I left out. It says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to who? God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded being what being what fully persuaded what, what was he fully persuaded about that what god had promised he was able to perform it here's my question how did he get fully persuaded well he wasn't fully persuaded until he started giving glory to god listen when you start giving glory to god Something on the inside will happen and it will birth a persuasion, a knowing, a believing, a no doubting in your heart that God is going to do it because praise is, listen, praise and worship is just, listen, it is your faith on credit. It's you saying, God, I know you're going to do it. So when we praise and we worship, when we praise and worship God, watch what it does. It minimizes our problems and it magnifies our God. Man, I, I can't imagine how God feels when we sit up here and complain about everything that's going on in our life. When he's waiting on us to use our lips 
to give him glory and to give him praise because it's going to do two things. It's going to minimize our problem and it's going to maximize our God. Watch Psalm 42 verse 5. Watch what it says. He says, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disturbed? Put your hope in who, class? Put your hope in God for I will, listen, he, now this is what he was saying. Put your hope in God and then he says, and yet I will praise him. That's how you stay in hope, by praising. When you know the God of the word, then it is easier to have hope in the word from that God. I'm going to say that again. When you know the God of the word, then it's easy to have hope in the word of the God. One of the ways that Abraham gave glory to God, listen, this is where I'm closing. He used his mouth to declare the promises. How did, how, how did he give glory to God? Well, Genesis 17, 5, it says this. Neither shall your name, this was God talking to Abraham. He says, neither shall your name anymore be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Why? Because that means you are the father of many nations that I have made you. So listen, every time Abraham gave somebody his new name, he was declaring his promise and giving glory to God. Amen. Every time they say, how you doing? Oh, my name is Abraham. You know what he was saying? He said, I am the father of many nations. God has made me that way. In other words, he was giving glory to God by declaring the promise that God had made him when he changed his name. He changed his life. Our mouths, you know, the Bible says death and life is in, in, the, in the power of tongue. Watch Hebrews 10, 23, uh, 22 and 23. And I'm going to close with this right here. This is so good. It says, let us hold fast to the profession. And when you look the word profession up, it means confession. Let us hold fast to the confession, watch this, of our faith without wavering. Now, let me give you a surprise. See that word faith? It's actually the same Greek word hope that we read over there in Romans. When it says Abraham hoped against hope, it's the same word. It's just they use faith for whatever reason. But the original root Hebrew uh, Greek word is the word hope. So what he was saying here is let us hold fast to our confession. Let our mouth stay consistent. What's this? What's this? So, so our hope won't waver. So you know why sometimes we waver in hope? Because our mouths are wavering in hope. You, you can know if you're in, you're in hope or not just by listening to yourself. How you doing today? How, how's your arthritis? Well, first of all, Arthur's not a member of my family anymore. I kicked him out. Now, see, some of us, we have owned some things. We've, we've owned them. We're, 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 this is how you know you've owned something. I tell you what, these bunions on my feet are killing me. Well, sounds like you got bunions and you're going to die from them. See, if death and life is in the power of my tongue, then can't nobody control my life but me. Oh, oh, let me see. We want to blame our life on so many people. But maybe we are experiencing death because of what we're saying. Well, Abraham gave glory to God and the way he did it, it says here, he held fast. His, word, his mouth 
is what pushed hope out by him declaring what God said he was going to do. I'll read the amplified, the, the, let me read the amplified version of Hebrews 10, 23. It says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who is promised is reliable. The Hebrews, uh, the message translation of Hebrews 6, this is my last verse. When God made his promise to Abraham, it says he backed it to the hilt putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Verse 15 says, Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. And that's what you and I got to do. We got to stick it out. You got to stick it out. And the Bible says he stuck it out and got everything God had promised. Watch verse 16. When people make promises, they guarantee them by by appeal to some authority above them so that if there is any question, they'll make good on the promise. The authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock-solid guarantee. God cannot break his word, and because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. So how do we apply this? Because God is waiting on us. To hold on to him for dear life. The first thing is we have to increase our hope by accepting God's promises. And I think I'm going to talk about some type of disappointment. Because see, sometimes in life when things don't come out the way we wanted them to. We tend to have the wrong perspective about what happened instead of getting God's perspective about what did happen. So you have to increase your hope by accepting God's promises. Number two, you must wait on God and not the promise. It's okay to wait on the promise. But listen, what's greater than the promise? The promise keeper. Number three, you and I must take some intentional time to praise and worship God. And we praise him by confessing the hope of the promise. And that's what I did to get in this building right here. Because there were times it did not look like it was going to happen. And so I don't know if I've ever told you the backstory of something. So remember when I had that loan that we didn't, uh, the paperwork I didn't want to sign that. Y'all remember that? This is the backstory. So I knew that if I didn't sign that piece of paper, that they would stop funding the project, which means that construction will stop because there's no money to pay the bills, right? Are y'all with me so far? So I'll never forget, the bank wanted us to stop, the lender wanted us to stop, and I knew that Man, no, this will be our second time stopping. And just as clear, God said inside to me, he said, don't stop. They didn't tell you to build, I did. Hmm. Now the promise keeper is backing his promise up. He told me he was going to put us in a place of our own and move what? No more. So he said, the promise keeper said, don't you stop. They didn't tell you to build this building, I did. And so I knew what that meant. You know what that meant? That meant that every bill that came in, for this second loan that ain't funded, we had to write a check for it. 
And I'll never forget, we write checks, write checks. I'm not talking about like $1,000 checks. I'm talking about like 25000 30000 40000 We're writing big old checks, right? And I see the checks are going out, but the balance is going down. And we got to a point where we didn't have no money to be writing no checks. And that's when the window lady came in. Remember we owed that lady $187,000? And so when I got to that point, I was like at the Red Sea. I said, God, I got the bank behind me, and I got now this window lady in front of me. What you going to do? You told me to keep writing checks. I did my part. And all of a sudden, God used somebody to write a $200,000 check. Why? Because, listen, God will get glory and give you a story. So for every head bowed, there's some people in the room and watching me right now who are discouraged. And I want you today to lay your cares upon the Lord. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Do not finish watching this broadcast without laying down whatever's giving you burden. Pastor Chad said it earlier. Jesus said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Father in Jesus name, thank you for the word. Thank you that hope is alive. And as we worship you and as we praise you and as we stay close to the promise keeper, We'll see the promises in our lives flourish like never before. And so I thank you for the word of the Lord being planted deep inside of our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. With every head still bowed, those of you who are at home, maybe you're watching.